Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares are trading lower across the board this morning. Investors are concerned about a rise in COVID-19 cases, particularly in India and in Japan. The Nikkei is trading down one and a quarter percent. Seoul is down nearly one percent. And Sydney is in the red as well. Joining me now to discuss all this and break down the market action, uh, looking a little Peaky, looking like he needs 10 minutes more sleep this morning is Ryan Huang. How you doing? Good morning. Happy hump day, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, good Wednesday to you too, Ryan. All right, let's start with corporate earnings, new products, acquisitions, inflation and COVID-19, all of that. A lot of moving parts to the economy and factors that influence stock markets. I'm going to get to each of those items this morning, but I want to start with COVID-19 because cases are surging in India. Hospitals across the country say they're running out of everything from intensive care beds to medical oxygen. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has asked states not to shutter businesses, though. He wants to protect a nascent economic revival. Singapore, meanwhile, is extending isolation measures for travellers from India. So, Ryan, there are a number of Singapore-listed companies that have exposure to the subcontinent. All of Ascenders India Trust, for example, um, comes from India. Semcorp Industries has significant exposure there as well. So what does the COVID-19 surge in India mean for these companies with significant revenue coming from India? Yeah, these rise in the number of cases globally, not just in India, is putting a bit of a dampener on the outlook for many companies. And if you look at India specifically, we are looking at India reporting nearly 260,000 new cases in the latest uh, print that we have. That is six straight days above 200,000 and over 1,700 deaths in the country. So that is not painting a very bright picture for economic prospects and for companies operating there. And you pointed out some potential um, companies that could be hurt, Ascenders India Trust and Semcorp Industries. So let's dive into Ascenders India Trust first. It owns around seven IT parks and one logistics park there. And looking at the park occupancy, at least the physical occupancy, during the latest full-year results, they gave commentary around how that is currently only occupied by 10% in terms of physical occupancy. So they were expecting a gradual return of tenants as the recovery was supposed to take hold this year. But now that is not returning to status quo as before, as fast as they were hoping for. So that could have a bit of an impact on um, Ascenders India Trust. The other one you're looking at is Samcorp Industries. And this is one company with significant exposure to India. 29% of the group's revenue in FY 2020 came from India. And it has a couple of businesses there, specifically in thermal and renewable power operations. So that, of course, with businesses not really really running full speed, will have an impact on the demand for power. So that is something that could have an impact on businesses that are operating in India. Yeah, other uh, counters with exposure to India include Serene Technologies, Golden Agri Resources, Golden Energy, and Cord Life Group as well. So, 
In a sign of how serious the surge in India is, starting tomorrow, all travellers who have been to India recently will be subjected to an extra seven days of home isolation following their 14-day quarantine. Singapore is also granting fewer entry approvals for travellers from India. Uh, you want to talk about the other Singapore-listed stocks that could be affected by these latest developments as well? Let's take a look at them. So you've got Sarin Technologies, this a diamond equipment producer. So nearly 70% of his revenue actually comes from India. And you have also Golden Agri, Golden Energy and Resources, as well as Cod Life Group. So about 20% of that revenue comes from India. So you are looking at a potential impact in business, of course, and of course production because the manufacturing activity and restrictions around um, movements will have an impact on how much you can make and how much demand there is in the first place. So this could all spill over if this doesn't go away very soon. And of course, you talk about India, but it's not just India. You've got Japan as well. That is another hotspot where you are now looking at Osaka and Tokyo pushing for a state of emergency. And in the US, you are looking at cases also picking up. It is higher by 4% in terms of average numbers versus two weeks ago. So around the world, we are looking at those concerns, putting a dampener on markets right now. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, Tokyo considering uh, declaring a state of emergency to stem a surge of infections there. Keep in mind, the Olympics are due to start in just three months. For the first time, spectatorless Olympics. And Johnson & Johnson is resuming shipments of its COVID-19 vaccine to Europe. EU regulators say the benefits of the shot outweigh the risks of possible blood clots, which it knows notes are quite rare. So that's it for other COVID-related news. Next up, I'm going to turn to Netflix. Now, among the businesses that have benefited from people staying at home over the past year, Netflix definitely the top of the list, right? But now that many places are opening up again, what does this mean for the streaming giant? Well, Ryan, we've got the latest numbers today and they don't look too good, do they? Well, it is a bit of a mixed picture. Looking at the past first quarter that they have just reported, numbers were actually quite good. Uh, Looking at earnings per share, $3.75, beat expectations of two ninety seven. revenue pretty much in line, $7.16 billion. So that first quarter was okay, but it was the outlook for the quarters to come that really dampened investor sentiment. And we saw that happening with the after trading prices down more than 10%. And to give you a, what, a bit of colour of what's going on in the Subscriber numbers, which they think is going to be slowing down even more. In the quarter that just passed, they reported just 4 million subscribers added. That is under the forecast of 6 million. And in the next quarter, which is the current quarter, they are looking at an even more conservative target, 1 million. So a bit of a slowdown. If you look at what happened last year, they added 10 million in the same quarter. So... You also have to factor in perhaps the competition, Disney Plus and everyone else. But going by what we are getting in terms of commentary, they say competition, at least in terms of intensity, was not materially different. So they think there is going to be a bit of factor in terms of people going back to work, maybe not working from home as much and multitasking and watching Netflix. So all that coming into play, the resumption of business as usual, 
could have an impact on Netflix numbers. Yeah, so fewer new subscribers. Uh, the question is, what do you do with the ones you have? 200 million subscribers for Netflix. The trick is holding on to them and then monetizing them. So some say one way to do that is to raise subscription rates, make more money from the crowd that you have, or um, you can crack down on those shared accounts that people split across households, um, more memberships per household. So neither of those sound good to me as a subscriber of Netflix. Now, yesterday in Market Minute, we previewed Netflix earnings announcement and we noted that the streaming wars with competitors like Disney Plus, well, they're heating up. But Netflix still does account for more than half of all the original series that people across the globe want to watch online. So, Ryan, while Netflix subscriber growth is waning, there is still a silver lining for the company. Its average revenue per user actually rising. What do you make of this? That is interesting because it seems like Netflix fans are loyal to Netflix, of course, and willing to pay more. So looking at the numbers, the average revenue per user actually went up by around 9%. So users were happy to pay more for Netflix. And they expect this will be the case possibly for quarters to come, especially in the newer growth areas where they can add in more international subscribers and maybe something to convince people to pay even more is what they expect to be a higher or a clearer clearance or backlog in terms of production um, and new shows that might come online in the second half of the year because all these were delayed due to COVID-19. And with that coming back online and having more options for people to view, that could entice even more subscribers to come on board and maybe pay even more. Netflix shares at 1.6% this year, but investors seem to be selling off on Netflix earnings. Netflix shares are down about 9% in after-hours trade. Now, on a different note, Ryan, do you ever have trouble finding your keys or your backpack and wish there was a way to locate them? All the time. Children, even? (laughs) That will be useful. (laughs) All right, so Apple is launching a new product called AirTags. These are coin-sized devices, and you can attach them to your keys, your backpacks, your purses, uh, your to help track down these items via an iPhone app. So this is just one of several interesting announcements from Apple overnight. It is also redesigning that iMac desktop computer for the first time in a decade and it's going to enhance iPhone users' privacy at the expense of digital advertisers like Facebook. Now, Apple slipped on that last piece of news in a quiet notice Mm. uh, about a software update. So what do you make of all this? Tell us about this update and why Facebook might not like this update. Yeah, so it's a bit of a slew of hardware products that will likely get Apple fans excited. So you do have an excuse to spend your money that you've been <laughs> keeping for well, the past year. So maybe some revenge spending that Apple is hoping to bank on. Um, if you look at what's looking at a bit of a privacy controversy in terms of the advertising space, this software update will allow users to opt in or at least decide whether they want to be part of this tracking system. It's called the ATT or App Tracking Transparency. So with this system, advertisers will be able to see who you are effectively and assign a bit of a cookie or device ID to you so they can figure out who you are in terms of a demographic and track your browsing experiences or usage experiences. So this now with Apple saying, hey, we want to give our users the option to opt in or not is giving a bit of a headache to advertisers like Facebook, 
which relies heavily on advertising revenue because this means they can't charge as much of a premium for targeted advertising, which they feel is going to put a huge dent in the industry, not just its own business, because it might change the way how advertising might work and really disrupt the advertising revenues. Yeah, it could drain billions in revenue from apps like Facebook because if you think about it right now, the onus is on you to stop the snooping of apps. You've got to take the time, take the trouble, disable all those cookies. But this app tracking transparency feature is going to force apps to obtain your permission before they can collect data from you, even from the apps that are already installed on the device. Now, I hope this doesn't mean one more button that I have to click before I finally see some content that I want to read. Shares of both Apple and Facebook down more than half a percent, though, in after-hours trade. Now, back here at home, DBS has announced it is going to spend $1 billion to buy a stake in a bank in Shenzhen. That's a lot of money for DBS. So tell us, what is it buying? It is buying a stake, a 13% stake in Shenzhen Rural Commercial Bank. And it's worth noting, this is its second investment in five months, of course, after LVB in India some time ago. So... This is setting up to be the largest shareholder in Shenzhen Rural Commercial Bank. And this is in line with its strategy of investing in its core markets. And it says this will accelerate its expansion in the rapidly growing Greater Bay Area. So a bit of background on Shenzhen Rural Commercial Bank. It is one of the largest bank branch networks in that city and also has 5 million active retail customers and over 170,000 active corporate customers. So a big play into the China strategy. Yeah, we also have reports DBS may be on the lookout for other acquisitions, particularly as Citigroup is pulling out its consumer banking business in several parts of Asia. Other Singapore banks could be in the mix here too. So bring us up to speed. Yeah, you might remember the headline around how City is pulling out of 13 markets in its consumer retail banking business. So up for grabs right now is Citigroup's business. So you have a couple of interested parties, reportedly DBS, OCBC, Standard Chartered and MUFG in Japan. So this is all part of their own agenda to really grow their Asian business, especially in the areas of credit cards, mortgages, and all that will actually help to lock in long-term income growth. So that is going to be going to be closely watched as we see this sale process expected to be kicking off in a couple of weeks' time. So right now, we are expecting cities assets to attract quite a bit of interest. All right, a lot of buzz on that right now. Let's check in on local stocks. The Straits Times Index fell a bit more than half a percent yesterday to 31.92, half a percent. Ryan, how's the SDI doing this morning at 9.20 on the clock? Yeah, quick check-in on the STI. Uh, we are looking at markets down by 0.9%, pretty much tracking what we are seeing across the board in Asia. And that, of course, following the second day in a row drop in Wall Street. So we are looking at the STI picture mostly in the red. Just three counters in the green. So let's bring you up to speed on the top movers. Samcorp Industries is down 1.8%. And this is off the back of what we were talking about. India exposure with the rising number of cases in India. It could have a dent on Samcorp Industries businesses there in the power generation business. And DBS also down 1.8%. And this is pretty much in line with the broader market. And if you look at what we have, third in the top loser column, SIA, 
that is now down, extending yesterday's losses, is down by 1.8%. And at the other end of the table, we have right at the top, high beverage is up 0.7%. So that is interesting after a long streak of losses is now getting back some ground, some profit, or rather some buying on the dips. Taibev now up by 0.7%. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you for joining us right here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.